Monday, November 13th. Here we go. Little victory formation for you. 49ers fans, welcome. I've been drinking coffee since about 7 a.m., which means sip of the day is off the board here. We're at the end of the cup already, but we're not at the end of any show. We're just beginning the Damon Bruce show. Thank you for joining us. My gosh, 16 subscribers short of 9,000. It grows. I thank you. The down the podcast is getting download at record rates. Thank you so very much. It's good to have football, and it's really good to see the 49ers. Looking awful lot like the 49ers. What a win in Jacksonville. I really mean it. I thought it was one of the bigger games of Kyle Shanahan's entire coaching career going into it. And I don't mean it's going to be a referendum on whether or not he should be the head coach or not. But this was a big game for all of the reasons that some games in your schedule feel bigger than the others. This was a monster. And the 49ers came out and they played like the monster that reminds everyone of the potential that this team has. Through the first five weeks, it seemed that nothing could go wrong. Through the last three weeks, very little went right. Well, almost all data points came together to spell out dominance down in Jacksonville. What an afternoon. Brock Purdy finished with a career-high passer rating of 148.9. This is the guy who came into this game with the best QBR in the NFL. Kittle went back-to-back 100-yard games for just the second time in his career. He scored his fourth touchdown of the season. Debo punched one in. Unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey didn't. Was probably asked to do a little bit too much at the end of that for personal glory. But, like, I get it. It's a record. I'm not going to get mad at it. Thank God he didn't get hurt. Um, But the Niners have now scored 30 or more six times this season. That is the most in the NFL. So that defense absolutely flashed its teeth, and it looked nasty. The Jaguars were held to 12 first downs on the entire afternoon. Second time this year that the 49ers registered five sacks in a single game. You got to go all the way back to week one in Pittsburgh to see that. The Buckeye bookends. Chase Young, you know, There's no doubt that Chase Young represented a better athlete and a bigger handful. What he also represented was look good, feel good, play good. And I just think that he reinvigorated, reignited Nick Bosa in a way that no coach speech, nothing from Fred Warner was able to do. Like Nick Bosa is psyched that his Buckeye buddy is now playing along the same defensive line, and you could feel it. You could see it. It was tangible. The 49ers' defense caused the Jaguars to have a five-possession sequence that was just a total domination. There was a fumble. Then they settled for a field goal. Then threw an interception. Then fumbled. Then threw another interception. And Trevor Lawrence is responsible for three of those four turnovers. You got Nick Bosa dropping strip sacks out there. You've got him creating a level of uncomfortable that makes Trevor Lawrence throw the interception. It was just an awesome day for the 49ers defense. For the second time this year, they have four takeaways. It was everything that you wanted. Nick Bosa forcing the ninth fumble of his career. He's got 47 and a half sacks. The guy's only played 60 games. He's four and a half sacks away from being number three on the all-time 49ers sacks list behind only Bryant Young and Charles Haley. Guy is special. 
The fear that defensive lines can be taken out of games just by getting the ball out as quickly as a quarterback gets it in its hands. For a minute there, it seemed to come back into focus because the one time the Jaguars actually got the ball moving was with a screen game. So there is a way to still nullify defensive pass rushes where the Niners got really improved yesterday was Ambry Thomas in for Isaiah Oliver and the back end of that defense had its best day while the front end of that defense had a fantastic day while Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw were up to their patrolling sideline to sideline not missing tackle tricks it was a good day for the San Francisco 49ers in Jacksonville Purdy's best stat yet as a professional. How about this one? In his first two seasons now, he's registered three games with three or more touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 more, 140 or more. The only other guy to ever do that in his first two seasons was Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. One of the best out of nowhere stories. That's what Purdy has officially become. One of the best out of nowhere stories in football. Kyle Shanahan had a great week during the bye week. He did. He added Chase Young, who felt like he instantly provided gasoline on a defense that needed some. Steve Wilkes comes down from the booth. The seas part like for Moses. And all of a sudden, the 49ers are getting to the quarterback again. Larry and I had an awful lot of fun during 49ers wake up talking about the real importance of that. Again, I don't care where Steve Wilkes is, but if the team does then put him wherever the team wants him, if they think it matters, great. Again, psych yourselves into it. Talk yourselves into it. I don't care. The right play calling being called in from the parking lot is still better than a bad play being called in in person on the sideline. But it felt like the 49ers had a bounce in their step that had been missing And it was great to see, and they were dominant. They were absolutely dominant. Brock Purdy is playing a very special brand of football. A fact that I brought up with Larry on 49ers Wake Up is that Joe Burrow has the best completion percentage in NFL history. Joe Burrow is at 68%. Brock Purdy is at 68.8% this season. And in his career, he is two-tenths of a percentage point behind Joe Burrow's best ever. I don't know what more you need to see out of Brock Purdy to buy in and believe that he is the right quarterback for this situation. Is he the perfect quarterback? Is he the greatest quarterback of all time? Is he going to the Hall of Fame? Should you talk about him like you talk about Joe Montana? No, 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 calm down. But holy shit, this kid can play. If you are saying anything other than, man, this kid can play, you have an agenda that has nothing to do with data points of reality being returned to you. That's all I'm going to say. An incredible afternoon of football. The fact that Trent Williams and Debo Samuel show back up and all of a sudden you're putting up 144 rushing yards against one of the better rushing defenses in the league. No coincidence at all in my mind. Talent makes plays pop. And you got more talent on the field with Debo and Trent Williams to pop big plays than you do without them. You want to hold that against Brock Purdy? Well, he's got too much talent around him for me to really think that he's the guy. Would you like a less talented 49ers team to then run the experiment you think needs to be run that will make him the guy in your mind? 
Again, what you think doesn't matter. It's what the NFL knows. And what the NFL has to admit is the 49ers win an awful lot of games when this kid starts. He plays really well even when they lose. He plays really well even when he's throwing some interceptions. He's had one clunker, legit clunker of a game, as all quarterbacks have in their careers, especially in the developmental arcs of their careers. He's had one clunker against Cleveland. Everything else has been pretty damn good. Let me just walk you through it real quick. Let me just walk you through this real quick. In week one, you had Brock Purdy outdueling Kenny Pickett, again, who was taken in the first round of the same draft, where Brock was picked last. In week two, it would be impossible to say that he outdueled Stafford, who was the number one pick his draft year, but he certainly held his own. He made no mistakes, and the 49ers won that game. In week three, he has two touchdowns and a romp over the Giants, um, and Daniel Jones, who right now is out of the league because of an injury. Um, he was a first rounder and the second quarterback taken behind Kyler Murray, who was the number one pick. So he's beating another quarterback with a better starting point, better pedigree coming out of college. In week four, he beats Josh Dobbs, which is now officially more impressive than it was even back in week four. And along the way, he completed 95% of his passes in that game. In week five, he outplayed the $160 man, Dak Prescott. He threw four touchdowns and beat the number one defense in football soundly. In week six, again, worst game of his career against Cleveland. He was bad. He threw his first interception of the season. In week seven and eight, he didn't cloak himself in glory, throwing two more interceptions against Minnesota and Cincinnati. But at the same time he was doing that, he was completing better than 70% of his passes over those two games, throwing for and running for 713 total yards from the line of scrimmage over two games. The interceptions were bad. Everything else but the interceptions in those games were good. Some real elite throws, but all anyone wanted to talk about was the interceptions that they could not see or that they could only see. And they didn't even want to bring up the fact that, you know, he didn't throw any in his first five weeks. It just means something that he's now thrown these in these weeks. Goes to Jacksonville. Another date against another number one overall pick taken. And he beats that guy too. Trevor Lawrence was dwarfed by the production of Mr. Irrelevant. A three-touchdown day. Again, the first three-touchdown day Trevor Lawrence has this year will be his first. Brock is now, what, three games where he's thrown three or more touchdowns? Oh, and he also had the best passer rating of his entire career in a game where the pressure on him to perform was real. Kid can play. The kid can play. That's all there is to it. Um, the George Kittle play where he finds himself isolated on a linebacker. Purdy survived a collapsing pocket and you want to say he doesn't have the arm strength. He basically lollipoped that one up because he couldn't even step into his throw. The, the, the pocket was collapsing in front of him. Puts it right on the money as if he walked out there and handed it to Kittle who goes for a 66-yard touchdown, and that was the first time that that game really kind of blew open. 
a George Kittle stat that I think you'd be interested in is he's now got 559 receiving yards this season, making him just the fourth tight end in NFL history to record 500 or more receiving yards in each of his first seven seasons. He's up there with Rob Gronkowski, Keith Jackson, and Hall of Famer Ozzie Newsom. So George Kittle's keeping pretty damn good company as a tight end. And all of a sudden, the 49ers are back on track, are they not? Doesn't that feel good? I hope it feels good. Hey, hit like and subscribe. That would feel really good for me. If 15 of you who are watching right now are not subscribed and you hit subscribe right now, guess what? I'll be at 9,000 subscribers by the end of this show. It only takes 15 of you to make Damon really, really happy. Again, we're not going to meet my goal of 10,000 by Thanksgiving, but I do want to meet my goal of 10,000 by the end of the year. So let's go. Get me to 9,000 today if you don't mind. Hit subscribe, hit notify, hit like, and things will be lovely. Um, thank you so much to everyone who hit me with a super chat yesterday during the postgame show and even said, hey, this is for you and Jillian to go out. We had a lovely dinner last night. It was our seven-year anniversary. I can't even wait to see what the plus looks like seven years from now. What will we be then? Thank you so much for being here at the starting point of this journey. It means an awful lot to me, my family. Your support is incredibly significant, and it's felt, and I thank you. Some very interesting results all around football yesterday. Again, I'm not going to do the exact same show that I just did with Larry Kruger for you. I do want to get into our chat and hear what you guys had to think about the game. And I'm telling you, I think we're getting closer and closer to a call-in show at some point in time where I'm just going to put up a way for you to join the chat, and uh, and and we're going to do that. I'm feeling like this could be a week to roll out some new things. I'll also let you know that I've got a scheduled conversation coming up. He's scheduled to appear. Matt Mayoko doing a State of the Union for the 49ers. And I really did believe that we needed to see the game in Jacksonville before we were ready to do any State of the Union because it was that big of a fork in the road. Had the Niners lost in Jacksonville, everything feels so much different this morning, even if they only lost by a half a point somehow. Everything feels really, really different this morning. Now that they've won in Jacksonville, you can start saying things like, hey, do you realize that they're one Jake Moody kick away from being 7-2 and two on the air? They are. This is a good football team, a good football team that fell on three hard weekends in a row. Those weekends as, you know, through the vision of hindsight 2020, again, the Bengals might have lost to the Texans yesterday, but the Bengals are good and better than their bad start indicated. We knew that. The Vikings, Kirk Cousin goes down, Josh Dobbs steps in, they're winning football games. The Cleveland Browns just go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens, who on Monday of last week were the best team in football again. And now they've just lost at home to the Browns, who are a tough team to figure out, but they got a nasty defense. And what a heck of a four-game sequence the 49ers officially have now in front of them. Buccaneers get the job done on Sunday. Seattle, Eagles, Seattle. Woo! That's a big boy stretch of games right there. That's a big boy stretch of games. 49ers go three and one in their next four. They're looking good. They're looking real good. Thank you for being here.
Uh, I want to say thank you so much to my sponsors, starting with Ike. I know you got lunch coming up this week. Yeah, you got lunch coming up every day, kind of about an hour from now. Order Ike's. You want to support me? Support my sponsor and grab yourself a sandwich from Ike's. Use the Ike's Reward app so you start eating your way towards free sandwiches. No matter what taste buds might be sitting on your tongue, Ike has got the right sandwich to please those taste buds. No matter what you're interested in, he's got it. Some of the best sandwiches you'll ever have in your life. Go to Ike's. That's my guy. He's probably circulating around in the chat. He's real happy that the 49ers won. He's opening up new stores. He's inviting you in to come get free sandwiches. That's my man right there. Thank you so much, Ike, for all of your support. I want to say thanks very much to mybookie.ag who continues to support the show and the podcast mybookie.ag sign up with promo code Damon it's a great place to make your wagers it's a great place to play a little blackjack a little roulette a little slot because they got a casino because they're in international waters where rules need not apply mybookie.ag use promo code Damon when you sign up make sure your credit card is approved for international use like I said, mybookie.ag, promo code Damon. Now, with the holidays soon approaching, if you're a sports fan, have I got the coolest thing for you to check out? Jacks. Jacks in San Francisco, their brick and mortar is on Chestnut Street, the coolest vintage, out of circulation, unique to Jacks only. Cool sports t-shirts, the coolest that you've ever seen, are at Jax. Go to JaxSF.com, and when you use promo code DamonBruce10, when you sign out, you'll get $10 off your order. Mission Reds, an old San Francisco baseball team. They're not making this logo anywhere but at Jax. I love this t-shirt. All sorts of out-of-circulation cool stuff at Jax. Use promo code DamonBruce10 when you check out what they got, and they got something, you can do your entire holiday shopping at jacksf.com. Use promo code DamonBruce10 when you indeed check out. Uh, lots of chatting is already happening. Um, thank you so much for stopping on by. Here, here. Good to see True Blue Forever, who said the new guy's got about an hour to go ahead and figure it out himself. Um uh, because you're you're here with us. What is up, R.I.P. Cougar Rebel? Great to see you. We got old Dirty Hungus saying, look, good morning, Plucers. What a great wake up with Larry this morning. Thank you so much. I'm glad you dug it. Larry and I got a hell of a show. We had more people watching us than both sports talk radio stations combined in San Francisco. Those stations should officially be shitting their pants because they're living in a world they created by letting me and Larry go They've officially lit a couple of monsters. Thanks so much, Michelle. Always good to see you. Talk about a get-right game, she says. If all Chase Young ever does is remind Nick Bosa about the concept of competitive spirit, it's a hell of a trade. I mean it. Look good, feel good, play good. It looked like that was in play for Nick Bosa. He loved seeing his old Buckeye brother lining up across from him, and the results were glaring. Got to pay so much attention to them. Javon Hargrave had his best game of the season. You got Kinlaw having a good game. You got Eric Armstead having a good game. You got Winters stepping in, having a good game. You got Fred Warner having a good game. You got all of a sudden 
Ambry Thomas in for Isaiah Oliver, and that defense was better. Everyone felt better. Every, you could feel the confidence coming right through the TV screen when you were watching the 49ers. Skills report. Anybody here remember the time that the Niners had lost three in a row but got healthy and blew the Jaguars into oblivion back in 2023? I think that might have been Chase Young's first game with the Niners. I think you might be right. You guys remember? I remember. Skills continues, but I wonder if anyone remembers when the Warriors traded for Chris Paul got off to a good start, then lost three in a row because Andrew Wiggins' corpse-like play bogged them down. We'll get to that in just a minute. Skills. And one of those losses, Draymond got tossed by the cheating-ass refs who invented some rule where you can go back in time and tee people up. Isn't that weird? Officiating around professional sports, is is it, it's like there's a new pandemic. There's a problem. There's a problem in the NFL every game, every single quarter that you watch. Something makes you go, what the fuck are they looking at? What is what is going on there? I thought the Nick Bosa roughing the passer was maybe the biggest scoop of BS poured on the 49ers yesterday. I mean, what more do you want to do? He barrel rolled Trevor Lawrence so he would Lawrence would land on top of him instead of the other way around, and he still got the the, the roughing the passer call. It was ridiculous. You have NBA officials inventing new protocols on the fly. And having said all that, Draymond is going to be never given the benefit of the doubt. He has earned that life. He has chosen it, and the Warriors are always going to be dealing with it. I will also say that the bumping that went on in that game between Draymond and Donovan Mitchell, at no point in time should any of it have been a foul, and the two of you guys need to stop acting like total fucking pussies. You're going to get bumped a little bit in the game. You don't need to bow up as if you've been besmirched and your whole family's been assaulted. Like, just play on, drama queens. I mean, Draymond is literally handing everyone the blueprint. Here's how you get under my skin, everybody. I'm going to put it on tape for you. Everybody, just watch this tape, and you'll see how easy it is for me to lose control of a temper that I've never been able to control, and I will get thrown out of any game you need me to be thrown out of. Getting Draymond thrown off the court is one of the easier things to do in basketball. They could have really used him. We'll get into more of that. When we slip over into Club Plus. Hey, Otis, it's always good to see you, brother. Leslie, great to see you. I'm glad you're in here. Irwin, who was hanging around, 49er, wake up this morning. Great to see you. Indeed, we sally forth on this fine Monday. Thank you so much, Sporticus. All the cool kids. All the cool kids in the house. And San Bruno Mike is happy because Pittsburgh, very quiet 6-3 and three now. A couple of tough games, though. A couple of tough games. Got uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati coming up, Pittsburgh. I think we're going to have some fun in Club Plus. A couple of other things before we get there. Again, I've been going since 8 a.m. 
You have hopefully digested quite a bit of 49ers. Thanks so much to the thousands of you that watched the postgame show yesterday. We went live at the two-minute warning. That was an awfully fun show to do. Anything that you might have missed, you can find it all on the podcast. Go to Damon Bruce Plus. Make sure you're subscribing there. Subscribe here as well. Where are we? Oh, 13 subscribers short of 9,000. 13 of you. Who's the lucky 13? Go ahead, hit subscribe, hit like, hit notify, all of those things that make the algorithm happy, happy. Thank you so very much. Couple of Buckeyes, right? Couple of Buckeyes. Nick Bosa and Chase Young. I love it. I mean, it worked better instantly than I actually thought it would. Chase Young... He didn't even have a great game, but you can see the motor. You can see the attention that you just got to put on him. More attention over there means less attention over here, and that's going to be good for Nick Bosa. And with all this attention going this way, you beasts in the middle can eat. The 49ers, look, Jaguars have more legs than the Jacksonville Jaguars scored points yesterday. So there you go. There's your points scored to actual appendage ratio. It's a good day for the 49ers. God, it was a good day for Shanahan. And hey, we, we've criticized the shit out of Steve Wilkes, rightfully so at times. It looks like he he got the right scouting report. He's like, I got to play man. We'll be better playing man if I get Isaiah Oliver off the field and Ambry Thomas on the field. And even though that might turn Diamador Lenore into a little bit of a soft spot, soft spot that gets tested all afternoon, you make that decision. They did. They rolled with it. And they won in dominant fashion. What a fun plane ride home that had to be from Jacksonville. And the Niners, let's be honest, they needed to take a breath. There's immense pressure around this team this year. Immense on everyone. You can feel it everywhere. You can feel it in the fans. Fans get shook by the play, by the down, by the series. It's a big boy season. And if you ain't cut to approach it like an adult, you ain't going to last. Forty Nine er Ultimate Report saying, "Let's go, Damon. Time. Thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate it, Delbert, who stopped on by Plus Mania too. Happy Victory Monday, indeed, indeed. Chef A wants it; she gets it. Maximum Hell yeah, that was maximum football." That was maximum football. My man Sportacus, Trent Williams, the return, the addition of Chase Young. It's a big difference yesterday. Still saw a lot of arm tackles on defense, especially in the secondary. It'll come. It'll come. I thought it was just a bad look. There's always something to point at and say, I didn't like that. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the sequence when they're like at first uh, first and from like the 13 yard line. And I thought there was some just too cute stuff. Obviously didn't like the trying way too hard to get Christian McCaffrey that touchdown at the end. I thought there was a better way to go about it. If not just punt on that situation entirely, because you're not here trying to score 
touchdowns in 18 consecutive games. You're trying to win a Super Bowl, and that guy shouldn't have a single carry that doesn't matter put on his body, his frame, the rest of the year. When Brock Purdy's out of the game, Christian McCaffrey should be out of the game. I don't know what Jordan Mason has to do to be put into a game. Kind of the same way I don't know what Trace Jackson Davis has to do to be put into a game, but we'll get to that in a second. But I'd like to see a little bit more of that backfield depth get exercised. It was good to see the carry that Debo had yesterday. It was not great as a wide receiver, but as someone to keep an eye on, someone to scare you, someone to make you nervous, it was a good day for Debo. 12 subscribers away. 12. Only 12 now. The Dirty Dozen. Who are you? Who's going to make me happy? Subscribathon. It's like Toyotathon, except fewer annoying commercials, hopefully. <laughs> By the way, going back to old radio show days, I loved Elena. I still love Elena. I love Elena. Um, but yeah, the the freaking Toyotathon lady, we, whenever we see her, we're like, God damn it, it's Toyotathon again. We can't stand her. You get 50 billion Toyotathon commercials during your Warriors games. It's a lot. It's a lot. Jason Tillman says, look, they can't put two linemen and just chip Bosa all at the same time anymore. Yeah. Look, when you have fewer, we're comfortable double teaming that guy choices to make, everybody eats better. And that's what you saw. Everybody ate better. All right. I want to talk a little Warriors here before we hop back in the chat and keep talking football today. Because, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and cook the Warriors based on the result of last night. I, I was out at dinner with Jillian. I didn't catch much of the game, saw how it finished. I'm not going to go back and rewatch that one. But what I don't understand in games where Draymond gets ejected, like against Cleveland, in games where you have a clear need to get bigger because you are being outbodied and outphysicaled up front. Why is Steve Kerr so reluctant to go to Trace Jackson Davis? Is it because he's a rookie? If that's the only reason, Steve needs to swallow his bullshit pride and give the kid a look. Don't presume it's not going to work before you give it a shot. Like, I, I love Steve Kerr. But he is stubborn and set in his ways that could come back and bite this team. Now, also, the reason why Steve is good and successful is because he's great at communicating with his team. And you know what would be a really bad idea to just tell Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson, hey, sorry, you guys suck right now, so I'm benching both of you. But you got to have shorter leashes. Andrew Wiggins is an absolute disaster right now. He's a disaster. And Clay Thompson... Klay Thompson's in his final year with the Golden State Warriors. That's who Klay Thompson is. He can't summon it. He'll have a really good game. I bet you Klay has 10 really good games left in him this year. Uh, not more. He just doesn't look right. It's early. A lot can change. But I don't know if a lot's going to change there. At a certain point, a player is on a downslope. 
There's no amount of heart. There's no amount of hustle. There's no amount of rehab that changes that. At a certain point, a player goes on a downslope. Trey is at, or excuse me, Clay is at that point in his career. What's super frustrating about Andrew Wiggins is this motherfucker is 28 years old and should be peaking, just learning the lessons of a couple of NBA finals ago, how real big boys play big boy basketball. And that guy is going through a crisis of confidence that is just, I don't get it. I just, I don't get it. And the thing is, Kaminga, he does get it, so play him. And Moses Moody, he does get it, so play him. And if Trace Jackson Davis is getting an an opportunity to go in there, watch how quickly he shows you that he gets it too. Steve Kerr's got to drop some of his old bad habits that are no longer serving this team well. And that's just being straight up. And everybody, look, we love Steve. Steve's done an awful lot. Give him a wide berth, but we have seen enough. You've got better options. It's one thing to stick with guys when you've got no one behind them. Dario Saric is not a nobody. Trace Jackson Davis is not a nobody. I don't think Brandon Pajemski's a nobody. I certainly know that Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody are somebodies, and they'll be even bigger somebodies the more you play those guys. Steve, Get your thumb out of your ass. The old way of doing business with the Warriors is the wrong way to do business when you've got new talent on your team. And the Warriors have more talent now, deeper on their bench than what they had last year. So stop acting like the only thing you got is Anthony fucking Lamb. You got more than that now. Wiggins, Clay, and Steve Kerr need to snap out of it. Need to snap out of it. Minnesota Timberwolves just whooped your ass. Cleveland just whooped your ass. They were faster. They were stronger. They were better. They were they were better. They were bigger. And we're eleven subs away from nine thousand. Eleven subs, baby. Old Dirty Hungus. The fresh off the bye week Shanna plan was pretty impressive. It was. Shanahan had a really good day. Steve Wilkes had a good day. It was a great day for the 49ers. A couple of other things to let you know about before we go into Club Plus. And this is going to make you happy. The LA Clippers are minus 67 with James Harden on the court through four games and are plus 24 with him on the bench. I told you the guy's an absolute loser on the system. Dude, you ain't, you ain't anything. You're the problem. That's what James Harden is. He's a terrible teammate. He's a selfish player. He's got the ability to be a great player. He's just kind of a dickhead who'd rather be at a strip club. I wish the Clippers the absolute fall on their face worse. I love rooting against James Harden in a way that I never even liked it before. Now it means a lot to me. I want unmitigated failure attached to him the rest of his career. What I couldn't believe is a story that I saw on TMZ that Seth Curry... Do you hear how carefully I said that? Seth, not Steph, Seth Curry. (coughs) Cut by the Mavericks after a video of him hitting a blunt and sipping on the lean where you basically take, what, codeine cough syrup and pour it into a Mountain Dew. 
first of all, dude, grow the fuck up. You want to get you want to get all toasty and you are going to the um like high school can't buy alcohol level of drinking. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're a grown man. Go buy a real bottle of booze and drink that if you want to get drunk. You're sipping on lean. What are you fucking an idiot? And then you're filming it and you're putting it on wherever you put it. Like Seth Curry, you're officially surrounded by someone who is better and smarter than you. Be more like your brother. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? I, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. I mean, again, you're an NBA player. You got millions of dollars and you're, 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 you're basically making toilet wine. What are you doing? You should watch the plus. I'll show you how to properly drink. I'll sh- you want to get fucked up? I'll I'll give you a whole seminar on how to do that. The minute you are a multimillionaire, if you're putting Dimatap into Mountain Dew, you're you're just you're, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're devoid of taste, culture, and style. What can I tell you? Oh, but Damon, it just hits you differently. Come on. The University of Michigan assistant football coach talking about Jim Harbaugh like they found his corpse laying in an empty shower was just hysterical. I would rather Indiana never win a big a game ever again and not have a coach ever cry like that than win a national champion with an interim coach crying like that. What this is what Damon normalize men crying. No. No, you don't get to act like Jim Harbaugh was shot down over freaking Happy Valley today when he's waiting on the bus for his team to get on it. Good God. The Jimbo Fisher buyout? They're going to pay him like $75 million to not coach Texas A&M or whatever that is? Don't tell me that's a, a professional or anything but a professional sport. Good God. Money Green's like, hey, man, I'm here to hang out. I'm on Twitch. Let's get Damon a new ganja jar. Oh, well, thank you very much. Look at it this way. We've got a full ganja jar. The J.J. Raider ganja jar is, uh, is, is bursting. Come on, people. Rick Barry, we need the 9K. Let's get there. Let's get there. Oh, <clears throat> eight subscribers away. Eight subscribers away from 9,000. 800 or 8,992 hit that subscribe, hit that like, make it happen. Thank you so very, very much. What else do I got to tell you? I think that's it. I think that's it. Other than you got to stop listening to the sky's always falling crowd when it comes to getting your sports analysis. Everyone was trying to tell you how bad the Niners were, how bad that start was when it was all said and done. Do you realize that through nine games right now, the 49ers are sitting in their best nine game record under Kyle Shanahan? They're six and three. That's the best nine game start other than eight and one back in 2019. This is a really good, well-coached, well-executed, deeply talented team. They control their own destiny. They're healthy. They've got a big part of the schedule coming up, and the most amount of fun that you can have on a football field Maximum. 
is about to be revealing itself. Damon, how'd your YouTube meeting go last week? We're getting dangerous, Chef A. We're learning things we didn't know before. Learning, learning. A lot of congratulations for uh, the anniversary, number seven. No seven-year itch to worry about. As a matter of fact, Jillian and I, it's really nice that we were able to go out last night because it was uh, our last night together this week. Jillian just left for a business trip this morning. She flew to Atlanta. She's in the air right now flying to Atlanta and is going to be there all week, which means it's daddy boy time, which means we're doing pancakes for dinner. We're doing popcorn for dinner. We're going to do all sorts of things that mom would never let us do. And that's how we keep the boys happy. Boys time is fun time. We're going to watch Star Wars. We're going to watch Star Wars again. And when Star Wars is over, maybe we'll watch more Star Wars. Dad knows how to party. We're going to have ourselves a great time with the boys. Stacy Leo dropping the hoorah. Thank you very much, Stacy. Oh, someone heard that we're going to have ourselves with Smiley Dan. Is that ducks? I thought those were cobras. Duck, duck. Smiley Dan, thank you very much. Are you ready to hop into Club Plus? Let's see where we are. By the way, oh, five subscribers away. Five subscribers away from 9,000. Who's going to step up to that plate? Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notify button. Give that little like pound thingy thing. Do that. Do, do that. And I will certainly appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening to the podcast. 49ers Wake Up is already out there for you in podcast. Make sure you give that a listen. Certainly a download on your way to supporting the program. It means an awful lot. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. And please do remember, it's going to be a great week. Got all sorts of videos and highlights and things to talk about all week long a conversation, a State of the Union with Matt Mayoko coming up a little bit later on this week. I'm working on a few other things, including my man Nick Wrong. Oh, I mean Nick Wright. So we'll see what this week looks like when it's all said and done. we got a lot coming up for you in the second half of this football season. Thank you for being a part of it. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, He's gone.